This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. And not yet. Not yet. I think we're going to let this run for a few here. Have some fun. Folks, what's going on out there in Wonderland? It's pouring where I am right now, so we're having a little technical difficulties. I think it's like a little bit of lightning out there. Hopefully nothing will come take me out. Hope you guys are doing well. This is Saeed Kikesi Dabinga here on Block Talk Radio. People, if you're out there, let me hear you. Talk to me. Talk to me. Give me a call. Whenever you feel like it, whenever you're ready to talk to me, talk some damage. Uh, 646-595-2892. 646-595-2892. You can also chat with me live. Just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Saeed, S-A-I-D, Dabinga, D as in David, I, B as in Bob, I-N-G-A. Today we're going to entitle this show called Reflection. We're going to look back on 2008. We're going to look forward to 2009, which is only a couple of days away from here. Um, yesterday was a really, really good day. Did an interview with Sylvester Ngoma over at Congo Vision. Great. It was a great interview. It was about an hour. Those guys are really be, have really been on Congo's side for a long time. They've really been defending the country, really have been standing up to the aggressors, really have been not in reference to uh, militarily, but in reference to information, putting the word out. If you go to their site right now, congovision.com, you'll see they have a photo of uh, a Rwandan soldier's ID that, that was found in eastern Congo which goes against what everybody else been saying, that there's no Rwandan soldiers in there. Folks, how's your 2008 wrapping up? Tell me how you Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, other holidays I'm not familiar with. Let me know what's going on with you guys. Hope everything's going well. I had a lot of food, a lot of gifts. I was actually able to visit my uh, Tantine Musao out in Redlands and my nephew, Kabongo, mother Zula, Wakabongo. That was great. Nice to get out of L.A., spend some time with some family. Um, it, was, it was nice to get away from L.A. and, you know, the hustle and bustle of the phoniness of a lot of people. You know, L.A. is a funny place. I know you may have images of it being like red carpets and movie premieres and parties all the time, but it's actually a boring city if you want to do anything beyond entertainment. You know, I love my culture. I like the culture of Boston, New York, East Coast. Uh, but they say there's things to do out here in L.A., so my mission statement for 2009, one of them is to be, is to find out where all these places are and <laughs> see what I'm being denied. But anyway, like I said, I had a great interview yesterday. Uh, Sylvester was gracious enough to speak with me, uh, ask my thoughts on a, a myriad of subject matters, all, you know, relating to the Congo. And, you know, Sylvester, that guy, I don't know how he does it. You know, he and his staff over there, he's doing a great job with that. I believe they just got an award for uh, Best Web Master of the Year 2008. Congratulations, congratulations. Uh, if you go to congovision.com, you can actually hear the interview uh, that I uh, did with them 
I also posted a link in my blog. So you can definitely check it out. Let me know what your thoughts are. 2008, what kind of year was that for Congo? Not really a good one. You know, I'm Nkunda's still there. UN's trying to figure out what to do. The killing's still going on. The ineffectiveness of Kinshasa. That's like, it seems like it seems like Kinshasa has their hands tied. I'm not in the scenario back home, but it just seems like Kinshasa has their hands tied with what's going on because I know there's some hardliners in Kinshasa that want to bring the, the the whip and basically destroy Nkunda. But it seems like people are trying to rein in our aggressiveness to resolving the situation. By extension, it seems like there's been a little bit of lip service paid recently. Let me share something with you guys that I wasn't really able to articulate yesterday during an interview. Because I think me and Sylvester could have went on for like another hour, two hours, something like that. Because it was just... It was, an, it was a blessed opportunity for me to speak with a fellow Congolese who's been defending the country for so long with little resources, but he has always, with his people, his, his team over there in North Carolina, really has done a great job to let people know what's going on back home. I'm telling you folks, congovision.com, check him out. Um, I'd also like to welcome my, my friend, uh, Mr. Vincent, out there in the Netherlands. I got an email from him, and I was like, the Netherlands, my God. And I think I spoke about the Netherlands uh, earlier. But, you know, we have our uh, welcome to the family. He's on our DRCNN. That's DRCN is in Nigeria, N is in Nigeria, at yahoogroups.com. That's at yahoogroups, with an S, dot com. Uh, he wrote in. He has a blog, and I had it written down here. And sadly, I can't find it, but I'm going to post his blog uh, in, in my blog, and I'm also going to put it in my listserv so for people to check it out. So, Vincent, welcome to the family out there in the Netherlands. I don't know what time it is out there right now, so hopefully you'll hear me acknowledge your presence somewhere down the road when you tune into uh, one of our archive broadcasts. Uh, coming back to 2008 and the, the UN, and uh, something, very, something popped in my mind today as I was walking around L.A. It wasn't raining earlier today, let me tell you. And what I noticed was, what I thought, I remembered vividly, anybody saying the FDLR is the problem, the FDLR is the problem, the FDLR is the problem. And I, and I understand from one of my sources that they're actually going to, one of the agreements in Nairobi is that the Rwandan army is going to have the capability, is going to have permission to re-enter Congo like they ever really left in the first place but be, into, be allowed to enter Congo to hunt down the FDLR, the Interhamway, and those other coward militias uh, who are in the bush out there in the Kivus. And it dawned on me that earlier this year, or was it late in 2007, but I believe it was earlier this year, actually, Nkunda CNDP was actually fighting the FDLR, and the United Nations came in and stopped the fighting, saying that there couldn't be... I believe it was referred to as ethnic on ethnic. Basically, one ethnic group can't be fighting another ethnic group. I guess they consider that something along uh, low-level, I don't know, genocide, I don't know. But I remember he was confronting them, and the UN made him stop his battle towards them. And I think it's very interesting that, you know, what if he defeated them? What if he defeated the FDLR? What were people worried about? Then the FDLR would have been dealt with, that situation would be resolved, and then we can go about our business of reuniting the country. So that popped in my mind. I really want to know what you guys think about the whole situation with Nkunda, the United Nations, Rwanda support, the reaction from the global community towards Nkunda, the reaction of uh, Kinshasa, and things along those lines. I want to know what you guys think about that. I really want to know. Because, again, think about this. Really think about this. The FDLR, people have said the main problem in Eastern Congo. Granted, we didn't let them in the first place. It was the French. But the French, conversely, did fight militarily against Kagame's army when they were trying to hunt down the Hutus fleeing towards Congo. Uh, that's a little-known fact. But there was military confrontation between the French and the RPF. But 
I remember vividly, I remember specifically Nkunda CNDP was actually in battle with the FDLR. And the United Nations came down and said, you guys cannot be fighting them. We can't have uh, ethnic-on-ethnic conflict. And I, I say to myself, well, what's the difference between CNDP fighting the FDLR and Kinshasa possibly making the agreement with Rwanda to allow a Rwandan soldiers into Congo, like they really left Congo in the first place, to hunt down the FDLR, considering that the Rwandan army is dominated by Tutsis? What's the difference? Do you understand what, do you understand what I'm saying, callers out there, my people on the Internet? That's what I'm really interested to think about. So it seems like is it the F? It seems like every time a situation comes to deal with the uh, in the Hamway and the extra wanted army that's in the Kivu, there's always some reason why they can't be dealt with. That's very, that's very interesting to me. Now we have the United Nations has extended their mandate until next year, so that probably means another million colonies are going to die. Uh, already reports are coming out of sexual harassment and exploitation against uh, Congolese. Is women in the in the east, so we see the UN business as usual. Now we have Kony running around uh, northeast Congo, in and out of uh, South Sudan, killing Congolese. But you know, Kinshasa says that the threat of Kony is more than is more paramount than the threat of Nkunda. But Kony's not taking village after village after village and executing, 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 executing. That's Nkunda. So what, what's going on here? And this brings me back to another question that I asked some time ago. My listeners remember one of those things that made you go, hmm, why is it Lubanga and Bemba, what do they have in common? They were supported by Uganda. Where are they sitting right now? In The Hague. Now, Lubera and Osumba and those guys, and, uh, Wamba, what do they have in common? They were supported by the Rwandans when they're in the militia of RCD Goma, correct? Correct. Where are they right now? In Kinshasa. Rubera's walking around with his pundu and cassava and palm wine. He's walking around with his 300-strong militia in Kinshasa. Wamba was elected to the Senate. And who else am I missing? Onusumba, I don't know where he is. I understand he got jumped a couple of days ago. Someone jumped and beat him up or something like that. So why is it, again, the folks supported by Uganda are in The Hague, some of them, but the folks supported by Rwanda are in Kinshasa. What am I missing, people? Are we missing something here? Are we missing something here? It's something that makes you go, hmm. Now, where do we stand with these peace negotiations? Well, another part of 2008, you know, they decided to have a, another peace conference. And this time it was in Nairobi. I don't know why these peace conferences can never take place in Kinshasa or in Bujimai or Kananga or someplace like that. Why do they always have to take place in some other country? I guess in Kuna, I guess uh, in Kuna doesn't feel his safety uh, is guaranteed if he goes to Kinshasa. Well, you know what? That's his problem. But anyways, 2008, as it comes to a close, brought yet another peace conference in Nairobi, Kenya, where there's supposed to be some kind of resolution between the CNDP and Kunda, some of the militias, and I don't like to call them rebels because what are they rebelling against? And um, Kinshasa. But they decided to, since there was some kind of dis disagreement between Nkunda's representatives and Nkunda, and some other militias feel they were left out, which always seems to be the case, they decided to suspend the peace con uh, conference until January. In the meantime, more killing, more raping, more looting. So is there really an incentive to resolve this situation in Congo? Does Kinshasa want to resolve this situation in eastern Congo? Or are their hands being tied? Because you know a lot of our money for the budget comes from outside the country, which is ironic because a lot of our resources is being looted and taken outside of the country. So people... I want to know from you guys out there in the netherworld, and I want to know from you guys out there in the internet world and the phone world, what do you think is, is the reason why we are not really bringing the hammer down on Nkunda and the rest of those spineless, backstabbing, traitorous Congolese? Why do you think that? Chat with me. You can send your question in via email. I'll talk to you that way, which a lot of people seem to, send, seem to be doing 
lately. Send a little instant message. I'll talk to you that way. Don't try to call me collect. I won't answer the phone. <laughs> Just to let you guys know, right? Now, 2008, it brought to the forefront the deal Congo made with uh, China. Sadly, Nkunda is saying that he, does, he doesn't agree with that deal. He wants to, uh, you know, have Congo negotiate that fact with China that he feels is not going to benefit the Congo or the Congolese people. Yet, Nkunda has no problem with all the looting taking place in the East. He has no problem with all those resources not benefiting the Congo. He has no problem with his resources not benefiting the Congo, that he's been looting, murdering, killing, and all that stuff. So, what is going on? Another lie, another lie, another lie. Or is it what I theorize, and I think other people are starting to theorize? Rwanda and the Congolese that's aligned with them wants to make sure that they maintain a hold on the Kivus. They want to make sure that they maintain a hold on all those mines and minerals from those mines that they've been exploiting. Because if they don't have access to that area of Congo, that being Eastern Congo, Rwanda's economy will crumble within a week. They know it. A lot of Congolese know it. I believe that is the situation. What are you going to do about it? Let me give you some music here. Because I'm always getting these emails. Here comes another email. Someone wants to hear some music. Yeah. They say, how come you, know, you did a dedication to Marion Makeba, but you didn't do a dedication to Medilu System when he passed away, the great Medilu System? So, okay, let's take a little music break, and I'll see if I can get you a little Medilu System. Maybe a little Veracase. Il est toujours difficile d'être aimé que d'aimer. people in the station with me started dancing also they're like wait a minute wait a minute what about us what about us you know 
I'm like, I'm sorry, folks, but you know, this isn't a radio station. I can't really, you know, uh, have a party here. I'm going to dedicate that song uh, to Solange Hepburn down there in Miami. Uh, always a strong supporter. Always in my corner when it comes to the country. So we're going to get dedicate that song because when I first heard that song, I couldn't tell if it was Franco. I think Medela used to sing with Franco. So she had to give me the whole history. Well, you, well, you know, back in 1940. So Solange, that was now people. Where you at? Call in 646-595-2892. 646-595-2892. Or you can chat with me. Blog.com backslash or the forward slash. Saeed, S-A-I-D. Dabinga, D as in David, I. B as in Bob, I. N as in Nancy, G as in George. You can tell me. I know you're out there because I can see you guys listening in. Now, that last beautiful cut. My God, look at the emails. Uh, this one's saying, can you please play that song again? Can you please play that song again? Uh, maybe we'll do it on the next break. I'm not too sure yet, but, you know, we got to put our little music in here. I just want to have a party going on. So, people, listen. I want to share something with you from my spirit. The interview I did with Congo Vision yesterday was a blessing for me. Because, again, I respect Congo Vision. I respect Sylvester. I respect the things he's done and his people, his team has done with the website. Just getting the news out there. Getting the news out there, but providing a forum for the Congolese and non-Congolese, the supporters of Congo, the friends of, the real friends of Congo, the allies of Congo, to have a place to put their words down, whether it be French, Lingala, Chaluba, Swahili, Key Swahili, or English. And one thing I noticed, um, some of the emails I got, as a result of that interview. And again, you can hear it on congovision.com. There's a big picture of me there. <laughs> so, or you can go to the blog on uh, my station here to listen to it. But the one thing I noticed about the email that I was receiving is that some people were really moved by what I said about the rapes, sexual violence and things like that. And they were also very interested in my opinion about you know the incoming Obama administration. And it was really interesting how people were saying that they were happy, not happy about the race, they were happy that they weren't the only people that was really being saddened by what's going on back home. I think it was Lisa Jackson's uh, the, greatest, the Greatest Silence or something like that was the movie, the documentary. And some people have asked me, Remember when it first came out, they're like, do you know, do you want to see it? I'm like, see what? You know, The Greatest Silence. I'm like, what's that about? You know, it's about uh, the rape in the Congo, about the women and things along those lines. And I said, oh, that's okay. We're going to go see it. Do you want to go? No. Really, some of them were Congolese, but, you know, uh, uh, the group, most of them were not Congolese. And they were like, you know, what do you mean you don't want to go? You know, you're always talking about the Congo. People should be more aware of what's going on. And I said, yeah, I do. I still want to see it. And they were like, well, these are, you know, these are Congolese women. I'm like, I know they're Congolese women. They're like, well, what's the problem? It's a question. It's not a problem, but here's a question for you. You guys want to go see this documentary. You, go, you guys want to go to the documentary about Congolese women being raped along those lines and stuff like that and the tragedy and things like that. But we've been talking about, I said, you know, to them, I said, you know, we the Congolese and people that know what's going on in Congo, we've been talking about the rapes of the Congolese women since like 1996, 1998. And when the war supposedly ended in 2003, we were still talking about the rapes. No one was listening then. No one was listening in 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008. So why, do I not, why am I going to go sit down and look on the movie? Why am I going to go see a documentary about the rapes of my Congolese mothers and sisters and aunts and nieces back home? What is that supposed to do for me? All it's going to do is make me more upset, but it's going to make me more determined. If you guys want to go see the, the, the documentary, feel free. But I'm going to tell you right now, if they don't mention how they got in that situation in the first place, and it's not just the Indahamwe and the Rwandan uh, Hutus that are in the country, then what's the point of the documentary? And they, was, they were really surprised. They were really surprised. But for me, it's like Congolese has been saying for years about the race. Okay, the documentary comes out. Okay. Everybody saw the documentary. How many rapes has that documentary stopped? 
how many rapes has that? How much, how much sexual violence has decreased because of that documentary? I'm not saying anything against Lisa for doing the documentary. Much love for doing it. Much respect for doing it. It's not easy doing a documentary. What I'm asking you, though, the people out there in cyberspace, the people out there in Wonderland, the people out there in L.A., Netherlands, all over the place. My, what I want to ask you is, when that documentary came out, did you see a decrease in sexual violence? When all these programs come out showing what's going on in the DRC in the East, situations that Congolese have been saying for years have been happening, has anything changed? Has anyone said, I saw this footage, so now I want to, make it, I, I, I want to stop fighting? I want to stop looting the Congo? No. Am I saying we should, stop, we should cease this, this uh, media onslaught of images from back home? No, I'm not. But then the question becomes, okay, the images are out there. Now what? And Kuhn does not worry about some documentary because he knows somebody from CNN, from Yahoo, from Reuters or something like that is going to call him on his little cell phone and he's going to say, it's not my fault that I was born Tootsie. It's not my fault they're oppressing our people. That's what he's going to do. And then people are going to say, oh, the Tootsies, it's the guys from Rwanda because of the spin that's going on out there. And he knows it. So he's not worried about some documentary. Please. He's not. The guy killed people back in 2004. He's still walking around. Now, if that brings me up in something else that, that, makes, that makes me go, hmm. You know, a lot of people, one thing that came to mind, uh, one of the questions was uh, about the Americans. And something just dawned on me that's been an overlooked fact about President Bush. Now people are saying, uh-oh, here it comes. He's going to say something. Oh, no. A lot of people seem to forget that President Bush in 2008, as part of our, our reflection on uh, Congo issues, he froze the assets of the, the senior members in the CNDP, including Nkunda. President Bush did this a couple months ago. I can't remember exactly the date or the month, but I know I think it was 2008, maybe even late 2007. He froze their assets. So it's not like he is not aware of what's going on back in Congo when it comes to Nkunda. But I really am wondering why people seem to forget that little thing. And another thing also is why are so many of us looking to somebody else to solve our problem? Why are so many of us saying, well, now President-elect Obama's in, we're going to have a new relationship with Africa. Things will be done in Congo. Why? Why, why are we waiting for someone else to do it? It's, look. If I'm married and someone breaks into my no, I'm not married, but if someone breaks into my house and starts uh, brutalizing my, my wife, am I going to run out the house and go look for the police and say, hey, you have to help me, you have to help me. Someone's uh, is attacking my wife. Someone's attacking my wife. And then hopefully the police will be convinced, and by the time I get to the, to the house, pray for me, my wife is still alive. Don't worry about the sirens, people. They're not coming for me. But just in case, let me get my suitcase by the door. Okay, that's the fire department. Now back to my story here. <laughs> these, these, these are the things that happen when you go live. But anyways, am I going to go find the police and say, hey, police officer, someone's attacking my wife. Can you come help me? What if he says no? And then what happens? What's he going to do then? I'm going to go find somebody else. No. I'm going to find somebody else. He says no. No. We got to do this the Congolese way like we do in the bush. Someone comes to my house and attacks my wife. I'm attacking him. And if he lives, then he's blessed. If he doesn't, He's blessed because he's with God now. This was, this was happening in Congo. Our people are being attacked. Our people are being slaughtered. And we're running out the house trying to find somebody to help us when there's 10 of us in the house. One of us is getting beat down. And there's only two attackers. But the rest of us, we run out the house trying to find somebody. This is what's happening in Congo. We try to find somebody else that, to solve our problem. It shouldn't make a difference who's in the White House, who's in Belgium, who's in France, Who's in London? It shouldn't make a difference. Who's in Moscow? We need to resolve the situation ourselves. People can say we condemn the attacks all they want. People can say we, have, we, we really stress a ceasefire. Well, it'll make a difference. We're Congolese. It's our country. We need to defend our country first, not go find somebody else to do it for us. Now, you look on the news today. Actually, this took place yesterday. My God, look at all these emails coming in. Okay, I'm going to try to answer your questions, people. I'll try, but we'll see what happens. But listen, 
Hamas was launching missiles into uh, Israel, I think in the Gaza area. I could have it wrong, but I think in the Gaza area. Because the ceasefire ended, I believe, a couple of days ago, if I'm, if I'm correct. Well, Israel didn't go out there looking for help. They didn't go to the U.N. saying, we need help. They didn't go to the United States saying, we need help. Israel unleashed a retaliation where they dropped 100 tons of ammunition on Hamas security zones. 200 dead as of now, 400 wounded as of now, and they still count the bodies. This was the largest coordinated attack in years. 100 tons of ammunition explosives they dropped on Hamas security zones. That's what I'm talking about. Because they were provoked based on what? Well, regards to the Middle East situation and the conversation in Palestine, I'm not t- getting into that. I'm not talking about I'm talking about they retaliated against those attacking them. Now, here we are. Rwanda is launching artillery shells from Rwanda into the Kivus. Rwandan troops are coming into the Kivus from Rwanda. Rwanda is funneling arms and munitions and, and more soldiers and other people into, into Kivu. And what do we do? We do nothing. We sit there and, as the Americans say, get bitch slapped by the Rwandans. If what, 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 kind, what, what needs to happen for us to say we are justified to look out for our own interests? What needs to happen? Why is it Nkunda can take a village, take a village, take a village, and we, and, and we the Congolese and Kinshasa, are being told we can't react? Why is a buffer zone being set up between the militias and the Congolese forces? Do you know what a buffer zone, a buffer zone really is? It's basically a de facto border because on one side you have Nkunda and it's little Nkunda land, and the other side you have Congo. Well, where Nkunda is, it's Congolese territory. We don't need no buffer. What do we need a buffer for? It's our, it's our national right to defend our country. So what's this U.N. talking about a buffer zone? This is 2008. We look forward to 2009. It's going to be more of the same unless something radically happens. I don't know what. Something radically has to happen. This cannot continue into 2009, 2010, 2011. You know the next presidential election of 2011. If this situation is going on, how the people in the East can be, give, be given the right to vote? And for those that want to maintain power in the DRC, what makes you think they won't use Nkunda as a reason to suspend the vote or delay the vote? Same thing. Well, national no. Delay the vote is saying the vote will, the vote will happen um, at a later date. Suspending the vote is saying it won't happen right now. And when you, those that know the politics on the continent – you know what that means. What has to happen? 2009. People, get your pen out. I'm going to give you some information. I'm going to tell you some stuff that I think is going to happen in 2009. And then when 2009 is over, I want you to write me and tell me how much of it came true. And we're going to do that on the other side of this musical break. I don't understand why this person... Okay, okay. Okay. This is, a democ- this is a democracy, so what I will do is I will play <laughs> what I played earlier because everybody's asking to hear it again, our tribute. Hold on for one second. Medilo system, come talk to me. Sangue Pumba, il est toujours difficile d'être aimé que d'aimer. Mabele, qui m'a t'aimé, mon bébé, 
na pesa yo liberté au sakana na boy mi sonanga etala eloko eloko eko bunga lobio mama na yo yo na komine ko zonga hasta luko makamona moto There's a party going on behind me right now. is a party of like nine people right behind me. No, 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 no. Engineer, engineer, we can't have it again, engineer. No, we can't have it again, engineer. No, 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 no. People, there is about 90 people standing behind me right now, and they were, I think they thought they were back in 1980, Kinshasa, because there was a party going on behind me. But look, this isn't the radio. This isn't Radio Afrique. <laughs> this is Haida Benga. This is for the DRC right now. But you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna dedicate uh, Vera Kase to this person that's on our chat here. I don't know who this person is, but it's guest 2102. So guest 2102, our mysterious guest. That song was dedicated to you. Hope it brought a smile to your face wherever you are. Hope it allowed you to relax a little bit after a stressful week, stressful holiday. But guess 2102, this, that was dedicated to you. Because guess 2102, these folks was partying, but my God. But anyways, back to our groove. You got your pen and paper people out there? Because now I got about 11, another 90 emails just came in in the last three minutes. But we only have 22 minutes left, so I can't go through all the emails. Well, I'm going to answer a few, a few questions here. First question here. And I'm glad people have their pen and paper out, as they should. What is the history of, what is the real history of the French Rwanda and Congo from 94? Well, that's very simple. Uh, here it goes. Believe it or not, the French was actually trying to stop the genocide. The French didn't just only, you know, uh, run Operation uh, Turquoise, where they allowed the refugees, the Hutus, uh, uh, into Hamwe, into eastern Congo. The French actually set up some buffer zones in Western Congo where the Hutu refugees could hide because they were being hunted down by Kagame's uh, RPF. Congolese role in that whole thing is that Congo uh, sent in, Seseko uh, sent in special forces to man and secure the refugee camps that were in Kivu. And his orders were if these refugees act up, send them back to Rwanda by gunpoint if you have to do it. The international community didn't like that. You know, the United Nations Human uh, Rights Commission, I think that's the name of it, the Red Cross. But Mobutu's attitude was like, this is our country. Why are they here? They need to go back to Rwanda. The figure the fighting has stopped. So there's that little triangle that happened between the two. And as Kagame didn't really want to listen to the French, he actually, this is the part where he sent his troops forward to basically hunt down the uh, Hutu uh, refugees in the safe zones controlled by the French, and the French unleashed a military attack on the advancing RPF troops, murdering a lot of them, killing a lot of them. But you will note that Kagame doesn't talk about that. He always says the French abandoned us, but little is mentioned, and I think it's the French fault for this, little is mentioned of how they actually saved a lot of Hutu lives there. Now, I'm not saying that, again, the French are the beacon of a uh, 
of goodwill when it comes to the continent of Africa. But what I am saying is that they shouldn't be demonized as much as they were because when the French left that mission into Ituri, uh, with that war between the uh, Hem and the Lendu, they brought that to an end very quickly. Sadly, though, they had to leave, and it kind of flared up again as Rwandan troops started going back into the manipulative situation. Another email here. So I hope I answered your question there. Another email here is, what can Kabila do to get the French to be involved? Well, if Kabila really wants to get the French to be involved, because you know their president, Scorsese, voted against the force going to Congo. So this is what President Kabila needs to do if he wants to get the French involved. Write this down. Trust me, this will work, because you know how the French are. Today is Saturday. All President Kabila needs to do is have a broadcast to the nation and say, citizens, citoyens, I'll say it in English, um, because of the situation in the Eastern Kivus, the lack of help from the, our international partners, such as France, Belgium, today being Saturday, uh, December 27th, 2008, it is hereby put forward that this coming Friday, January 2nd, into the year 2009, French will no longer be the official language. It will be replaced by English. Merci, asante sana, toi satadila. Good night. Could you imagine the reaction from the French? The biggest French-speaking population outside of France is in DRC. President Kabila makes an announcement like that, and people are laughing right behind right now, but they're shaking their heads. President Kabila makes an announcement like that. The president of France himself will grab an AK-47 and go to the Kivu. They're not having the French language replaced by English the way Kagame did in Rwanda. Of course, in Rwanda, Kagame can't speak French or Kenya Rwandan. He can only speak English, so he has to change the language. But if President Kabila wants to get the French involved, even the Belgians, but particularly the French, all he has to do is say, effective January 2nd, 2000, 2009, English will replace French as the official language in DRC Congo. I can guarantee it. Oh, Mitterrand will come from his, uh, will come from Versailles with a nine and lead the charge against Nkunda before he lets that happen. I'm telling you. But look, people. 2009 is going to bring two things. A breakthrough in this madness of suffering and killing in Congo or a continuation of the same. And if it's a continuation of the same, what are we going to say to our children 10 years from now when Nkunda's people are still there, million more have died? What are we going to say to our children? How come you guys didn't do anything? Are we going to look at our kids and say, well, we waited for the Americans to help out? We waited for the Chinese to help us? We wait for the French to help us. We wait for the Belgians to help us. Is that what we're going to tell our children? Because the children are going to look back, and you know children are brutally honest. Children will look back and say, why are you waiting? Ask, will ask us, why are you waiting for them? You're Congolese, right? Yes, I am. Well, it's our country then. Why are you waiting for them? What are we going to say then? 2009 is going to bring in the new Obama administration. I believe in 2009, he's going to, again, as I said, the interview about Congo Vision, he's going to focus more on domestic issues, domestic policy, and he's going to let to, um, Secretary of State uh, nominee Hillary Clinton deal with the foreign policy. That's not You know, when her, her and her husband, President Bill Clinton, was doing their Find My Roots tour in Africa a couple years ago, they didn't stop in Congo. They didn't even fly over Congo. They didn't even send a text message to Congo. Fax to Congo, email to Congo, chat to Kinshasa, nothing. He hasn't said anything. You know, I want to share with you a little note here that when President-elect Obama was under pressure to make Hillary Clinton his vice presidential candidate, Jev, I believe I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but uh, Jevnef Brezhnev, he was the national security advisor for President um, Jimmy Carter. He said, if I recall correctly, the, not the exact words, but he said to the effect that it would be political suicide for Senate, uh, President-elect Barack Obama because 
with Barack Obama, you have the sitting administration. But then you have an administration of, you know, you have a sitting government. But then you have a government in waiting with Hillary Clinton, and then you have a government in exile with her husband, Bill Clinton. So it remains to be seen. And so far, looking at how the president-elect has handled the situation in Illinois with the governor and the selling of the seed and what have you, it seems to be he may be a – if he's a hands-off type person and leans on the experience of Hillary Clinton and her, her team. I'm not dogging or saying anything negative about Hillary Clinton. I'm not saying that as a person. I'm talking about as a diplomat in that capacity because she has done a lot of good things in the United States. She has. But if he hands off and lets her dictate the policy and he leans on her and her people for expertise, Congo is not going to advance from where it is right now. Because a lot of those people she's bringing in right now, and go on uh, President Barack Obama's website or go check out the news. A lot of those people she's bringing in were the very people who were in her husband's administration when President Clinton gave the green light to Kagame to invade Kivu to deal with the refugee camps. When has President Clinton since then articulated any kind of remorse for that decision? Write this down. There were American troops in Burundi. Write this down. They were being mobilized to go to Rwanda. Write this down. Kagame told the, the, the Clinton administration, if you send them into Rwanda, we're going to fight against them. The United Nations, uh, the command of a, of a Canadian uh, commander, not uh, Romeo Dillard, some another Canadian commander, was massing the troops to go to Rwanda. Because you learned the Rwandan mission version of UNOC wasn't working. They were ready to come in and bring the hammer down. Write this down. Kagame told the UN through his two spokespeople who he sent to the United Nations, if you send your troops into Rwanda, we'll fight them. Write that down. Here's something a lot of people don't know. The Americans had advisors in Kivu to survey the humanitarian situation with the refugee camps, and to also to lay out a possible military strategy to deal with what was going on in Western Rwanda. Write that down. Yet, President Kagame runs around telling people the United States abandoned us. People having the battered wife syndrome, the battered wife syndrome is basically that you feel guilty. You know, you're abusing somebody, and what's happening is that they just, they basically feel guilty that somehow they're made to feel it's their fault. So they somehow justify whatever happens as it being their fault. And then what happens when you try to uh, deal with the person attacking her or him, what have you, the battered person defends, defend, defends the batterer. Do, do you understand what I'm saying now? Do you see the, the analogy I'm making to you? So in this case, the battered wife is Clinton's administration. The batterer is Rwanda. And when the Congolese try to come deal with the situation with Rwanda, Clinton and his people, President Clinton and his people, who used to be in his administration and are still out there in the political world, come to defend Rwanda. Write that down. That's one of the main problems we have with Congolese. We're not looking at it in that situation. The sad thing, and I remember this coming up in the interview, and I couldn't elaborate because we only had like about an hour, and right now we have about 11 minutes left, so I'm going to really wrap this up, is I've never met a Congolese that justified the genocide in Rwanda. I've not met one. Even when we were getting invaded 96 and 98, I never met one. We always said that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong. But then it became the Tutsi movement, the Bayamalengbi, the Mulenge, or whatever. Then it became the Tutsis becoming a problem. But now when the Hutus, the FDLR, the Intahamwe, the extra Rwandan army, when they started abusing Congolese, raping Congolese, murdering Congolese, conscripting as child soldiers Congolese, looting the country, looting the Congo, when they started doing that, it changed the situation from the Congolese, not all Congolese, but many Congolese in my circles that I have spoken with, saying it's not just the Tutsis, it's the Rwandans. So if you was in Kinshasa right now and they even think you, quote, unquote, look like a Rwandan, your life 
is at risk. You fly into Kinshasa in Kinshasa with a passport, and it has Rwanda on it, but you're coming from Rwanda, your life is at risk. But we have to make a decision of what we're going to do as Congolese. When are we going to start unifying and saying, we're going to take matters into our own hands? When is our Congolese who were born in the States, born in the United States of America, born in Europe, when are they going to start getting politically involved in the process so we can have somebody on the inside to talk on our behalf, like the Cubans have? President-elect Obama came to office. Uh, one of the representatives said he, he needs to talk to two um, congressmen, two representatives who are of Cuban descent, or I believe they are Cuban, in reference to the embargo on Cuba. We have people who are speaking on behalf of Congo who are not Congolese, so they can't feel what we feel. I'm not saying their passion for the advocacy of the defense of the Congo isn't genuine, it's not needed. I'm not saying that. No, 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 I'm not saying that. It is needed. But what I'm saying that there's a difference between the man watching his wife give, give uh, his birth to the, his child and the pain the wife is feeling giving birth to the child. So we have a lot of husbands, quote-unquote, in this, in this analogy, watching what's going on in Congo, the wife, and speaking about that. But it's the Congolese who are feeling the pain. So my youth out there in hip-hop land, R&B land, throwing your west sides up and your east sides up and listening to your T-Pain, your Lil Wayne, and stuff like that, your Chris Brown, your Rihanna, when are you going to start being down and start getting down for the DRC? My brother Ome Congo works hip-hop the way it needs to be worked because he goes back to the roots of what it was supposed to be about. Go to omekongo.com. That's O-M as a Mary, E-K-O-N as a Nigeria, G-O.com. Listen to a song, Welcome to the Congo, with a slayer slay. The Congo's so poor because it's so rich. Listen to it. Coltano. Listen to it. That's how you work hip-hop. He's working it like Kanye West worked Diamonds Out Forever with the Jay-Z mix. Sierra Leone. There's a movie going on now right now about that. But too many of our Congolese, the next generation, those in their 15s, early 20s, are trying to be down instead of getting down for the DRC. Because when Blood Diamonds came out, Akon, the Senegalese, not really, he was born in St. Louis, and then he went back to Senegal to grow up with his parents. When Blood Diamonds came out, he was out there saying Blood Diamonds never really happened. It's not really a true story. Why would he say that? Because he owns a diamond mine in South Africa. So in 2009, I think the situation will either get worse because we're allowing it to get worse by not taking matters into our own hand politically, media, what have you, or it'll get better because we do take matters into our own hands using the media. I'm doing the film, Once Upon a Time in the Congo. Go to the website, onceuponatimeinthecongo.com. I have a little link there. We're offering people a free poster and a free copy of the promo DVD once you finish it in a few weeks. Go over there. Have your friends go there. Send your emails down. Give me your mailing address. We will send you a free copy. We'll even cover the postage. Cost you nothing but kinetic energy typing in your information. Once upon a time in the Congo.com. You want to reach me? You can reach me here. You can reach me there. That's taking matters into our own hand because Rwanda has been using the media like no other African country has. At last time, I did a count of uh, how many movies were related to the genocide versus how many movies were related to what's going on in Congo. I believe the count for Rwanda was about 45 movies. The count for Congo, two. What was that time? And then I had to go deep into the archives of the Internet, and I found three more. But there you go. We have to start defining and showing what we know. We don't need uh, uh, Lisa Jackson to tell our story where she can wheel out some Congolese women like, like, like King Leopold wheel out the Congolese at the World Trade Expo back in the day. And again, there's no knock on her doing the exhibit on the documentary. No knock on that. It's much respect, much love. But we as Congolese need to be out there now at the forefront talking about what's going on. Congolese, I need to know if you hear me. Yeah, I see you hear me because here come the emails. So my reflections is we've lost too many Congolese. We've lost any Congolese is, is too Congolese lost. Any Congolese killed is too many Congolese being killed. Any Congolese being raped is too many Congolese being raped. 
any Congolese being made a child soldier or a sex slave or a porter. There's too many Congolese being made a sex slave, child soldier or a porter. So my reflection for 2008 is I'm dismayed and saddened that people are emboldening in Kunda in their own way. People are emboldening. And let's not just put the blame on Nkunda and Rwanda. Let's get, this, let's get this straight now. Like I said yesterday, let's not just start with Nkunda and, and, and Rwanda. Let's look at Wamba Diawamba, Mr. Senator, who was part of RCD Goma. Let's look at Jacques Desrochens, who is now running into the globe, acting like he's a historian, who was part of RCD Goma. Where is he at? Last I saw him was in King Leopold's Ghost, the documentary, which I still think is a little too pro-Rwandan, that documentary. But again, good information pre the invasion about the history of Leopold in Europe and that history in Sisseko. Look at all uh, the Sumba. He was part of RCD Goma. So now, let's, not be, let's not just look to other people for help. Let's not just put the blame on Rwanda and Kunda for our situation. We have to blame the Congolese that helped them do it. We need to have them accountable. You hold them accountable, everybody else will fall into line because they'll say, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm not talking about the death penalty or whatever. I'm talking about justice has to be served. No justice, it just furthers the impunity. That's not good. So my reflection, my desire for 2009 is I see more with Congolese getting involved. Media, Meta Valley is doing that with Congo Global Action out there, using conferences, but more in the media, and really speak for the Congo as a unified force and not as a fragmented Congolese trying to be a politician here so he can be a president of Congo back home, because we've seen that too many times. That's a joke. Folks? We got four minutes left here. I have 290 emails. <laughs> I would really like to do that. But, you know, answer all these emails, but I'm going to say that for another show. I'm going to do a special 15 minute show tomorrow, 5 30. If, you know, I'm able to, but it should be no problem. And I want to talk to you guys. Just say a few things of what I've seen, not just in Congo, but in the world today that we live in. we got three minutes left. Uh, what I'm going to let you guys go with, I'll lift the band. Nah. Some of you guys haven't heard Welcome to the Congo. Here's Welcome to the Congo. Folks, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. I hope I touched you. I hope I said something that creates a movement of thought. Just keep doing what you're doing. Congo is free. We know it. We just have to make it real and make it work. I love you guys. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Oh, my Congo, talk to me. Welcome to the Congo. Welcome to the Congo where the play is slaying Politicians robbing like every day Every day gold, timber, and oil Can't forget the cold and you find in your cell phone and playstation Yo, it's a crazy situation But since y'all don't get it, let me give an explanation See the Congo's so poor because it's so rich so All the rich. rebels and the whole world, they want it That's why you don't see it on the daily news Cause you'd be outraged if you thought of abuse Like one Tanamo talk like Geronimo Pratt's son In hopes that we can see some action last yeah, it was only covered by Anderson Cooper But I guess you have something else to do, bruh The five nights it aired from 10 to midnight Maybe if it was on Oprah, you'd have seen it ride But old cover the Congo in 2005 Had Lisa Ling live on the scene, no lie Said the violence here is the world's big secret It was shown in broad day, but I guess you didn't peep it Yeah, yeah, this is for Patrice Mumba Anybody out there fighting for the Congo to be free, yo, let's go Welcome to the Congo, play us, play Every day for all the juice we be buying in the USA, son. And families, they don't stop breathing in the morning. Welcome to the Congo where the slay is slaying. And the folks dying like every day for all the juice we be buying in the USA, son. And families, they don't stop breathing in the morning. See, I've been talking about this since I was gay years old. Before gay rolled diamonds from Sierra Leone. First, I took the academic route and wrote a paper. Yo, was like, man, that stuff's too deep, so make it safer. So 
I made it artistic and put it in a poem. Y'all was like, you ain't been on Def Jam, so go home. So I made it simple, as could be in a rap. I even went down south and caught the looter track. But for some of y'all, this is still too dense. Might as well be talking in another tongue like French. Parce que tout le monde sait, je parle la vérité. Je vois tout le monde liberté pour Congolais. I say this in the hopes that y'all stand up and act. Cause if you silent on the Sudan and the Congo Jack, when they come and break your women, who gon' have your back? So welcome to the Congo, here's your passport back. With your help, I know we'll get free someday. Congo for the Congolese, to the moon VA. Yeah, the man, you know, we gotta get out there and fight for the Congo. You ain't got to be Congolese. You ain't fight for the Congo. Anybody around the world, you gotta stand up and act, man. Congolese are human beings too. If you ain't seen on the news, don't mean you ain't got nothing to do. Welcome to the Congo where the players play and the people dying like every day for all the Jews we be buying the USA sun and families they don't stop breathing in the morning. Welcome to the Congo where the players play and the people dying like every day for all the Jews we be buying the USA sun and families they don't stop breathing in the morning. This is the smell of a warm, three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.